0: Today's episode is with Krista Molion and I got to tell you, it's an especially fun one on my end because not only is Krista Mollion an expert in the digital marketing world, she's also incredibly gifted at calling out other people's BS. And so if you have been looking at offers online, if you've been wanting to grow and scale your business, but you don't know who to trust, first of all, you can absolutely trust Krista. She's going to tell you why in this episode, but also she's going to tell you what to watch out for and what to avoid so that you can protect. Your bottom line. Hey, enjoy this episode. Here comes your good advice. Hey, you've checked out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. I got a special guest with us today. We have Krista Molion, who she is a, first of all, she's a digital agency owner. She's been in the marketing world for 20 years. Man, she gets it. She's been in Silicon Valley. She's even built her own agency to eight figures, four offices, 80 employees. This lady knows how to grow and scale a business. And now, because she wants to help people, she's taking her strategies to the market and teaching people how they can do it themselves. Krista, thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you, Blake. I'm a big fan of your show. Excited to talk to your audience today and talk to you especially.
0: Well, I'm, I'm excited to dig in and I just, man, I love to see your content. I see you on LinkedIn all the time. We're friends on Facebook now and so I see your Facebook content. I really want to dig in to your expertise in the marketing world. I also I really love you have a crusade going on right now <laughs> against because you, you're you you get digital marketing and I I have a problem with digital marketers I have to say because it is a totally um, it is a toxic field in terms of like bait and switch and what you're really buying and what you're really selling and. I just so appreciate you as an expert being the person to say, hey, no, this, that is not what digital marketing is. This is what digital marketing is. Tell me a little bit about, and again, I, I call it a crusade because I love to support it. I love to watch it. Tell me about what you're doing in the digital space right now.
1: Okay. So you could say in a way I'm a trader because I'm giving away a lot of insider Secrets of how marketers do this bait and switch tactics on business owners Uh, But i'm doing that with a purpose in mind to help the general business owner or the general consumer Avoid making purchases that they later regret Because I think that these tactics are so persuasive and so Sneaky that you don't see them coming and then you end up buying something And being disappointed with the service Um, and I've gone further than that. I've actually surveyed my audience on Facebook. I haven't done it on LinkedIn because I found that Facebook is a smaller audience. I only have just under 5,000 in my network. So I did a survey of how many of you have ever purchased a program, a marketing program, a coaching package, and felt that you didn't get your money's worth that you didn't end up implementing whatever they taught, that you uh, it didn't help you make money. You didn't feel like you got the ROI back dollar for dollar, right? Uh uh And the interesting part was from the people who responded, about 85% said, yes, that's exactly what has happened to me at some point in time. And the most common reason was, not understanding what they were actually purchasing and then later on being disappointed because the marketer over-promised and under-delivered.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I've been one of those people. I didn't. Rep- I saw your post. I didn't have a chance to reply to it. I've been one of those people. And for me, I felt like the marketer flat out lied. Like flat out, what what was delivered and what I got were two totally different things. And when I really complained about it and eventually moved on to the chargeback, he was like, no, no, you, I said there were no refunds on this. And I was like, yeah, but what you've sold is definitely not what I'm getting from you. And it really kind of opens and I was, man, I was a naive new business owner, but this person had testimonials, which I've learned since you can buy them easily. This person had, um, you know, screenshots of results from his customers, which, Again, you can fake easily. And it really just kind of opened my eyes to, man, there is this world out there and it really is a bait and switch. And for the small business owner, it's killer, especially when cash flow is so important. I really appreciate sort of the stand, sort of the uncovering that you're doing right now.
1: Thank you. Well, I'm trying to take a fresh approach because the marketing industry is not regulated. The coaching industry is not regulated. What that means is it opens up uh, a lot of potential for outright fraud, but more a subtle misleading of how we brand things. Um, So I'm trying to show people right now behind the scenes and say, you know how they get those wonderful testimonials is they offer certain clients a big discount in exchange for a video testimonial And they get the video testimonial when they're in the honeymoon phase, when they've just opted into this big program. It's a huge expense for you, but you are excited because you're hopeful that this is the program that's going to change your life because you've been sold that. And then they get the testimonial before you've had any success, before you've been disappointed. (laughs) And you know their disclaimer says that we can use the testimonial, and if you try to take it back, you need to refund us the difference between the discount and the full price.
0: Mm. And it, it's strange to me because I even remember I had a marketer early on in my business who I promptly let go, but I remember him telling me, you know, especially from a video content, he was like, "You need to go to the tallest building in your town and rent rent a, rent a." Hotel room or a condo or whatever, and you need to film yourself sort of looking over the town. And it's kind of like the same conversation of like you need to go or like rent a Lamborghini for the day, but you need to you need to film the stuff to present yourself as like a savvy entrepreneur, as an incredible business owner. And I he's telling me this, and I was like, this is pure fluff. Like, come on, really? And I said, that's that's so superficial. And he goes, Blake, this is why you're so um, bad at marketing. That is what sells. And I was like, that can't be be the answer to marketing. And and I get where he's coming from, but.
1: Well, it it is. So I'm going to say yes and no, because as a marketer, I won't lie to your audience that it does sell. What we have to understand is marketing is based on human psychology of how to influence and how to persuade people. And there's all these behind the scenes tactics of giving a strong impression to you that positions me as a wealthy, successful person. And we want that we want. So that's what I'm really selling. No matter what my program is, if it's a coaching program or if it's an online course, ultimately what you are buying from me is wealth. So I'm promising you that whatever I am selling is going to lead you to making millions of dollars. And obviously, the more naive and the more desperate people are, the easier they fall for it. And the problem is that digital ads are so cheap and easy to run right now. You can literally run for $10 a month, a really strong ad campaign and reach thousands of people. I'm not exaggerating. It is insane how easy it is and cheap to set up an ad campaign. So think about it. If that guy who you spoke with tells you to go to the tallest building, there's even these I don't know where you live, but here in, in San Francisco we have these public rooftop gardens that are beautiful that are downtown that have views behind them right in the financial district. So let's say I would just take you know take my tripod up there, make it look like this is my building, be dressed to the nines and start talking about my success right And I have no money. Um, I'm not successful but I'm pretending. And because of ads, I can amplify my reach, and I can get a lot of naive people to buy my product immediately
0: well i mean does, does I mean there has to be like why is there no and I've, I've even talked to people where it's like it's kind of scary they're thinking because I know I know integrity's a core value of yours, and I think that's what makes you stand out in the marketing world. But I've even talked to some people who it's kind of scary where their mind has gone in the sense of it's it's like the ends justify the means. And it's like, well, if I'm going to impact people positively, I I don't I don't want to actually put in the time to build my following. It's much easier for me to mislead people and build this hyper successful brand now. They sort of like legitimize it by, well, I'm giving back. Later on or down the road and I don't know if it's narcissism. I don't know if it's ego I don't I don't know really what it is But it really feels like there's a lack of honesty in this and not even in marketing, but really in the digital world
1: I I mean unfortunately, that's true and the online world opens up the possibility for misleading for fraud for all kinds of scammers to get a hold of you and get you to buy their product but it also opens up the possibility for transparency, which means more customers need to speak out about this. Here's what you need to do. We are all dependent on social media. Why aren't you out there telling about your experience on social media? These scammers are smart. What they do is a lot of times they try to put in their contracts that you're, they have a social media policy that you're not allowed to write reviews. But it's really hard for them to uphold that. So if you breach the contract and you still post a review, if they try to come after you, you can go back after them, right, and say, "No, this is uh, an honest, an honest description of what happened." As long as you stick to the facts and minimize the emotional uh, component, right? So just like if you would go in in a court of law and they would ask you, "Please stick," they would say, "Please stick to the facts and tell us." step by step, what happened? What was your experience without slander? So you have to be careful. But at the same time, there's that transparency that you can go on social media and you can say what happened with that business on all platforms, right? There's, that's number one. And number two, you can report them to the BBB if you live in the United States, mm. uh, the Better Business Bureau, you can open a case and exactly where you, sh- you, you say pretty much the same thing. You say exactly what happened. Um, and, and honestly, I just think that not enough customers are fighting back. They're like, okay, money lost. Um, in fact, a lot of people reached out to my, my question and responded to that on Facebook. They were feeling shameful. They were like, I'm not going to answer publicly on your post. I'm, I'm writing to you directly. I'm PMing you because I'm ashamed, like shame on me that I was fooled. Well they don't I mean, report
0: it. I mean, yeah, it's there's a level of shamefulness of like, oh I was duped, but also there's like a level of fearfulness like speaking just for myself, talking with this one person on on charging back the the amount, he doubled back with, well, I'm going to sue you then for breach of contract. and so as a brand new or as a small business owner, you're sort of weighing these and it's not even so much fearfulness sometimes it's like, okay, I, I'm already trying to run a Successful business, which is hard enough as it is, do I even have the capacity to fight a legal battle with someone who, frankly, is a six or seven figure earner? And it's it's tough, I think, for the small business owner to actually legitima- legitimately put time and energy into that. And frankly, it's much easier to okay. It's it's a lesson learned. I'm never going to do business with that person again, and I'm never going to do business with anyone who who is in their circle, so to speak. Um, that's been my thinking is it's, it's, man, I just can't, I can't deal with this as a solopreneur if I'm going to grow my business.
1: You know, I, in your shoes or in that position, I would act the same because we don't have the time, energy, and money to fight a legal battle for, you know, less. We're talking about maybe how much, if it was over $10,000, I would advise you to go for it. hmm because that's big money. But honestly, in the business world, if we're fighting about petty change, right? Mm. It's probably going, your illegal expenses will exceed the cost of the program that you want to seek reimbursement for. Then I would just say, keep away from the toxicity and move on, Mm. let it go. However, I would document really well what happened and I would make sure that it's on social media as your experience, just so that other people are warned about it. As long as you keep it factual, I don't think there's any way that they can they can win a slander case against you. Slander and giving review are very different things. And as you see on, you go to Yelp or you go to Facebook business pages, there is, you know, there's going to be positive reviews and there's going to be negative reviews. One thing you have to be careful though, and this is what I want to warn your audience. So How about avoiding it in the beginning, which is read very carefully the disclaimers, read the redlined stuff. Mm. So what they're doing now, and I think this must be a new regulation. I was actually going to look into this this, um, next week, is I've noticed that now a lot of the advertisings from the big scammers, is what I'll call them, have new disclaimer at the bottom that said, these results are exceptional. Mm -hmm. buying my program will not guarantee you the same results. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
1: That's number one. Uh, Number two is read the contract really carefully and don't ignore it. Don't skim over it and say, you know, this is standard. You know, all these non, non, no refunds, all that standard. You can negotiate any term and condition you want with any business and so you have to decide, okay, that doesn't work for me, especially these these um, solopreneurs who are running digital ads. We're not talking about going back to apple.com and saying, oh, I don't like your terms and conditions. Can we negotiate? <laughs> We're talking about some, yeah. you know, Mike Johnson from New Jersey who happens to be running an ad campaign and has the worst contract possible because he knows that the likelihood of people suing him later or asking for refunds is really high because he knows his product isn't that good. Yeah. So he's already prepared himself. You can prepare protect yourself. You can say I like this, it sounds okay, but I need these things to be modified and if they don't want to do it, that should be a red flag for you not to work with somebody who doesn't who already has such a bad contract that's so one-sided. If you have a good product, you should offer a full refund. Hmm. I offer a full refund because I don't want negative reviews. And I certainly don't want, if I, if somebody did my program and really didn't, you know, really did the work, really followed through, you know, we're trying to be fair here, right? They followed Hmm. through and it didn't work for them. What that means is that I accepted someone into my program who wasn't a good fit.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: That's on me that's on me, you know, it's, so it's, it's two ways. I don't want the wrong people in my program. Uh Uh, My program is not going to help everyone. And there's plenty of great alternatives out there, you know? Um, So I do believe in different programs for different people. And I do believe in checking that the person has a full refund policy. uh, That's fair. Right. And, and hopefully you'll never have to use it, but I'm just saying like, if you read the contract and there's all these red lines and you're like, Oh gosh, these are red flags for me. Probably that person's a scammer. Yeah. And that happened to me by the way. And I lost, I did go after, um, I, I paid money based on their payment terms for a website, um, around $2,000. Then the person suddenly wrote to me and said, I'm canceling the contract. Don't ever write to me again and blocked me. Immediately I said, I don't know why you're doing this. And I, you know, what happened? They wouldn't answer. Then I said, okay, well, I need a refund, at least a partial refund, right? Cause some work was done, but nothing was delivered on right. the website and they blocked me and they refused. And then I did try to do a chargeback and the chargeback said, no, because you signed the contract and the contract specified no refunds under any circumstances. Mm. So that's something to be careful about. Is you know, it was my fault for signing the contract. I should have said, you know, f- signing the contract, and also for paying. Um, so I do think that if you if you get a contract and you see no refunds, that's a red flag. If you see that people are supposed to pay up front um, more than fifty percent, or you know those things, then there's a red flag as well.
2: Well, um, and it,
0: you know, and it's it's sometimes you do, and it's not even almost naivety. It's just I think. I think many of us have such deep, incredible relationships that we sometimes we give people the benefit of the doubt when we first engage with them. And then you find out this is a snake oil salesperson. I mean, this is somebody who has built their business on manipulating people, unfortunately. And it's, 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 I'm noticing it more and more. And again, you do a great job of pointing these things out, but I even see it. I have a Google drive of, it's called stop doing this and it's screen clips of marketers who are posting their ads, they're posting their things. I saw one of a guy who just recently he filmed his video of him in his bathroom, this old like rinky-dink bathroom, and he was like, "I just finished, I just finished my program with ten more clients who have just earned another hundred thousand dollars this month. I'd love for you to be the next one." And it, there's enough evidence there to know right off the bat this guy is just he's just presenting you know himself in a certain way that's not. That's not accurate. But what troubles me, because I'm such, a big, I'm such a big small business owner advocate, what troubles me is cash flow is so precious for that small business owner. It really troubles me because it's, it's not just a, ooh, that really hurts. It's, wow, that really hurts. And now I'm set back three months or six months. Um, and I, I just noticed that these people don't really have a lot of remorse. In fact, I've seen a lot of these people. I've even heard people say, if you get suckered, it's your fault.
1: Yeah, no, they brag. They actually high five each other. And it's a, what I, I hate to say this, but I have to, it's called the bro culture. Because <laughs> I mean, if you, now I have no idea why. All I know is that the majority are, are male who are doing this. I'm not going to say that women are more honest men are dishonest. That would be absolutely false. But for some reason there's this bro culture. And what I mean by that is there's these business owners slash digital marketers who seem to be in coheats with each other and they help each other out. So I believe they're giving each other reviews. They're, you know, increasing their numbers, they're helping each other. So one thing that's really hard for a, people outside like business owners who are looking for help in digital marketing looking for coaching to understand is when they see somebody who shows like I have 8 million dollars on my bank account and they show their screen they're like look there's 8 million dollars that's my current bank account right they're not being fully truthful about this because a lot of times they're being groomed by a bigger affiliate program and they're borrowing numbers they're not being this is not their earnings they're actually borrowing money and showing it for their ads. They have like an, uh, agreement with this bigger association. So, you know, if you pull together a bunch of revenue, you can eat, you can hit $8 million. Uh, so people on the outside are like, well, this person, no matter what you say, has to know what they're doing. Cause they have $8 million. I'm like, good, go take their program. They have $8 million, not by their own money. And they're using that $8 million to scam so many of you because it's so shocking and attractive, right? It's Uh like, I want that. As soon as I see $8 million, I suddenly stop and say, okay, whatever they're doing, they must know what they're doing, right? Uh When it's not true, it's all smoke and mirrors. And then you see the little disclaimer, these results are abnormal. We can't guarantee that you'll have these results. For example, one big time marketer who has a huge following was telling these new bro marketers a trick. He said, what you need to do is you need to go and, uh, and borrow money, like borrow a hundred thousand dollars and invest that in ads and run a bunch of ads to make a huge profit. And then with that profit, you'll pay off the loan, but you'll use those numbers to show people that you made money. But that's, that's artificial because you're not telling them that you borrowed $100,000 to run your program, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: when I'm selling it to you, there's no disclaimer that says first go to the bank and get the 100 grand and invest in ads. And then my program will work for you. What I'm selling you is I'm saying, look, I just ran these ads and look, I got you mm-hmm. know $8 million out of it or whatever, right? Yeah, so you see what I'm talking about? Cool. There, There's a lot of lies going on. And then the other thing you have to watch out for is testimonials because not only I mentioned about the discount and the, you know, I'll give you a discount if you give me a a video testimonial, the pressure of doing that, which is very dishonest, but also when you see positive reviews, you have to know that a lot of these big time coaches and marketers have strong affiliate programs. So what they do is they groom people who've gone through their program And then they say, I'll give you a big cut if you go out and do sales for me. Uh And so they've got, then they have, you know, 20, 50, 100, even more people who are out there saying how wonderful this program is. And they're not disclosing that they are biased. Uh They're not disclosing that they will get a percentage back if if you sign up, right? Uh So that's what I mean by dishonest. And so what I've started doing, Whenever I see that whenever I see someone say so and so's program is excellent, I always say, "Are you perhaps an affiliate?" And 9 out of time 10 times they say, "Yes, I am." Mm. Is that normal that they didn't say it up front?
0: It's definitely not legal in other industries, which is interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, apparently the legality is when if you do buy the product, then they have to disclose it. And they have to say, like, if, if you would put it on your website, then there would be a little disclaimer that says, these are affiliate links. I do get a percentage if you purchase through my link, right? Mm-hmm. But, but out on social media, what they're doing is they're going out and telling people in groups, uh, in the feed, they're saying, I love so-and-so's program.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're doing, so they're doing it, but it's, a, it's it's got a level of misleading information because they're not disclosing that they're biased, that they have vested interest in saying that that person's program is awesome. Mm. And I don't see anything wrong with affiliate income, but I do see something wrong with not being upfront about it and saying, I am an affiliate of so-and-so's program and I love the program. If you have questions, I'd be happy to answer your questions because I'm very familiar with the program and I'm also an affiliate. Instead of just saying, I love the program and Mm. leaving it open, right?
0: Well and it seems like what these marketers live off of too is it's like honestly it's it's the hacks it's the shortcuts it's it's the person for example which how disastrous from an advice standpoint to tell someone to take out a $100,000 loan before they've even grown their business but what that marketer does then is they say and they don't even like get into the weeds on how they built their ads they just say yeah i mean i just i just started an ad and here's all the money it made and 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 it's kind of like the and you can do it too. So if you pay me $5,000, it's so easy, anyone can do it, and then you find yourself burned and wondering why is this not clicking for me? And then what's really scary is the marketer says, "Well, it's your fault. You didn't do what I told you to or you didn't want this bad enough." You know, and it's that like,
1: that's a psychological war- warfare right there. So what you just said, we haven't discussed that yet, but the worst part is then the guilt and the shame of turning it back onto you as the business owner, making you feel self-doubt, like it's your fault. You didn't put in the work. And you know, honestly, I want all of your audience to know there's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with the program. And any person who sells you something and doesn't care if it worked or not for you is not an honest person. So for me, for example, when I started my coaching practice, immediately I told my, my potential clients, your success is my success. I have no interest in having even one single person stay in my program who isn't, who's putting in the work, but it's not working for them because that means that my program isn't right for them. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm also, so that's why I've got the refund policy. That's why I do discovery calls. A lot of coaches have stopped doing discovery calls but the way they announce it is very arrogant. Like, you know, time is money. If, I'm, if you know I'm good, I'm not going to waste my time convincing you. You just have to buy my product, right? And I get it because I agree time is money. But there's nothing, there's nothing worse than having a person who's not the right fit in your program. Right. So for me, a 30-minute discovery call is more than worth it. More than worth it to weed out the people who should not buy my product. Right And and the same goes for referrals. So I'm big on building a network. I pride myself on having, over the past two years, built an amazing network so I can cross-refer people who come to me but mm-hmm. who aren't right for my program. And I'm like, you know, I want to introduce you to these other people because I think, based on what I see, that this program might be a better fit for you, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now,
0: I, I, I feel bad because we've, we've eaten a lot of time. <laughs> Talking, you know, ripping on these people. I really want to drill in because I know you have a special, this is your special sauce here. So we, we just talked about how the, the traps in marketing, you get marketing. What can the new entrepreneur, maybe the small business owner, and maybe even, maybe they're not even a small business owner. I have some listeners who they're part of a larger entity, but they just haven't done digital marketing before what are some things that that person can look for to know someone's a great agency to collaborate with, to hire? I mean, maybe even what's your approach, you know, tell me a little bit about what are the right things the check boxes to know that someone's legitimate.
1: Absolutely. Don't get, don't get wooed by all the things (laughs) that we're trying to woo you with, right? Don't get wooed by, I was featured in this publication or I've won this award or you know, I have, I have so much money and so many thousands of clients because that's what we marketers are good at doing. Mm. We're good at putting out front all these, uh, accolades when really what you should be looking at is having a conversation with them and asking them specific questions like, well, how do you track your client's results? How often do you check in on your client's what are your, do you charge extra for that? Is that included in your service? You know, asking them a wide array of questions that will really guide you into who they are instead of focusing on just what, what their media presence looks like. Mm. Cause we get starstruck, we get so starstruck and we're like, well, if they won this award, they must be good. And I'm like, no, if they won this award, well, they probably are friends with somebody on the committee or they paid their way, like the Forbes council, you can pay for that. And then you say featured in Forbes. Mm. And a lot of people are like, well, that person must be good. They were featured in Forbes. I'm like, well, yeah, because they paid the fee, which is $1,200 a year to be on a council that entitles them to say that they're featured in Forbes.
2: Mm.
1: You see the difference? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got to ask questions. And the question I would ask is number one, are you a full service marketing agency? Because marketing is this weird smoke and mirrors profession and we want to understand what is your actual specialty. So if I say digital marketing, what does that include? So does that mean that if I need to get branding that my brand identity, I need to hire somebody else. So I'm paying a lot of extra fees for different things, right? Uh, what about my email marketing? Is that included in digital? Like what are you, what about video strategies that in digital? So, it's not a one size fits all. Every person, every agency is going to say different things, right? Uh So never assume that you just hired an agency and that they're going to take care of all your marketing needs. Because in reality, there's a lot of so-called experts, digital marketing experts who only really do one thing. And they don't have the expertise or the experience in other aspects of marketing that you may need what that means is later on, you're going to have a lot of extra costs or you're going to have holes in your marketing strategy because they're biased. They're like going to tell you, Oh look, you don't need any of these other things. All you need to do is run digital ads,
2: Mm.
1: right? Or all you need is a LinkedIn strategy. That's all you need. And the reason they're telling you that is because that's all they do. They really don't know the full umbrella of marketing. So when, and so that's why I would be looking more for a full service marketer and, Number two, look for vetted experience. I am so surprised why in 2020 people get so starstruck by somebody because they have a huge following and that makes them suddenly an expert. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, that doesn't. Do they have a marketing background? What is their actual background? Mm -hmm. How long have they been doing marketing? You know, and I see these people who don't even have any marketing experience or marketing education charging. Very high rates from the get go. Mm. Where, you know, just like in any profession, usually your rates are based on your years of experience, right? Or your status, right? Mm -hmm. But in the marketing industry, it's not like that. There's these people who really don't have the full spectrum education or expertise who are right away trying to charge really high rates. So be aware that the rate doesn't determine their credibility ask for references, ask for education, and find out how long they've really been doing this.
0: Well, and I think that last bit of asking for references and, I, and, and asking for specific results they've achieved. I think I was talking to two different businesses. One of them, we were, he was asking for advice on a marketing company he's hiring. And he says, well, they told me they've been in business for 20 years. And I was like, hang on, everyone's been in business for 20 years. You know, you need to get more specific on what they're going to do for you. And the second guy was saying, well, I asked that and they got kind of offended. Like, well, you know, our credibility speaks for itself. And I said, anybody who's uncomfortable, like anytime one of my clients or prospective clients asks, who is this work for? Who can I reach out to? I mean, I'm like, I'm like giving personal phone numbers out. I'm like, Hey, here's the CEO. Here's their cell call them.
1: You know, that's another thing we talked about the shame and the guilt of a bad marketer trying to flip it towards you and make you feel like you're incompetent. The same as if someone gets annoyed or impatient with your questions, walk away. Because can you imagine if they're acting this way before you hire them? Once you hire them, it's like a bad marriage. Look for signs when you're dating someone. <laughs> I mean, it's not like once yeah. you marry them that they suddenly become, you know, the right. prince charming, the, yeah. the wonderful <laughs> woman. They're not going to cheat anymore. Yeah, no, yeah. it's the same with, with marketing. So if you see that they're impatient, they don't want to answer your questions. They don't want to give you names. And numbers of people they've worked with, they'll be like, oh, that's confidential. I'm like, marketing's not confidential. Like, why would anyone hide that they've hired you as an agency? There must be a problem if they're not proud to say they worked with you, right? Well, and I've heard (laughs)
0: heard someone use that line before of like, it's confidential. (laughs) And like, maybe I'm a bad business person. Like, my, my clients who are happily working with me are very open, like, they're not they're not like, oh, we're incompetence. We had to hire Blake. It's like, oh yeah, they're happy to share it. And so, I don't know, maybe I just have a different philosophy than some of these people. Um, Let me say this, just because we're running out of time, I really want to hone in even more on what you're doing now because I know we've talked a lot about, obviously you get marketing, obviously you understand the business world. I want to talk specifically about what you're doing, especially for our listeners in case there's anyone who might even need your services. Talk to me about your business. Um, I love the sassy method, by the way. (laughs) Thank you know you. what's what's going on in your world. You were in, you were running this massive agency. You're running a, a your business now. What's going on? What are you doing?
1: So what I'm doing right now is building a business incubator for new entrepreneurs to help them through their first three years of business, uh, which is getting themselves set up and established, and most importantly, helping increase their sales because nine out of ten times my clients who come to me have already kind of gone through the process of setting up the legal entity, deciding on the services they're going to offer. And then they go out there and they fall flat on their face.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then they're like, well, I thought it would be easy. I thought I did everything. I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing. I've, I, I got some, some help to set up the entity. I got business cards, you know, now the clients should just flood in. Right. Right. Where are the clients? Why am I not? able to generate consistent income based on my financial goals. And that's where I come in and I I look at why they're failing and I help them iron out their brand messaging, their marketing strategy, their sales strategy. And surprisingly, very few have a very strong sales strategy written out. Very few have a very strong marketing strategy written out. Mm. So when I interview them in the discovery call, I find out they're doing like various things. They're, they're doing something for sales or something for marketing, but it's not a strategy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So that's what I come in and help them do. Um, And then I help people scale. So the fourth step, I have a four cycle program um, that runs for 12 months. And those are the four cycles is number one, brand identity making sure that you're, you, you're targeting the right person with the right message and everything about your brand just speaks to that person. Number two, setting up your marketing strategy. So we cover email marketing, we cover your website, we cover your social media strategy and we cover video strategy. Mm. So that's marketing and that's all in writing and we, we map out all the tools you're gonna use. We map out if you're gonna do it yourself or you're gonna need help. Like done for you services. Some people at that point want to add a podcast. So um, I help them partner with a podcast consultant who I work with who has done for you services. So those are the things we do in marketing. And then in sales, we talk about where's your sales funnel? Where are the sales pages? How do we get that all set up so it's smooth? And then once they're making real money at that point, then we look at scaling and maybe hiring a team, right? Building out um, and growing. Isn't it That's so it? odd?
0: Well, and I love everything <laughs> you're saying. And, and man, I, I, I'm realizing more and more how necessary, one, the outside perspective that you bring. Because often when we're in it, we think it's like, so for example, like our brand, we think, oh, it's so clear. And then you realize, oh my gosh, it's really not clear. I feel like it's clear, but it's not. But beyond that, really like the systematizing and the structuring, you know, we, we're talking about strategy here. It's amazing how many business owners are really just shooting from the hip and, you know, they're just trying to make it happen, but they haven't built out that very specific intentionality that you're talking about. And then the third thing that I love about what you're talking about is, you know, the scaling comes after all those other things. And I've talked to business owners who they they don't even know what that word means. Like they're, they're like, yeah, I'm trying to scale. And I'm like, but, but you don't even have any customers. I mean, you, you have, you have nothing, but like in oh. their mind, the, the digital world has made scale, this buzzword of, you know, are you ready to be super successful? And it's like, yeah, I want to scale. And it's like, you don't even have, you don't even have a business right now, but.
1: I, I, I want to say two things to your audience. Cause I know we're running out of time, but I think this is so important for them. Number one, I give you guys permission to reestimate your success meaning somehow we think that we're going to go in business and because we feel strongly that we have the talent and expertise that can help other people, we think that immediately we're going to make money. So I'm giving you permission to rethink that. I personally know that year one is the building year. Year one is like an architect. You're building the foundation of your business, right? Your business, which is like your home. Mm-hmm. You're laying the, the groundwork. So that's the point where you may have to live off of staying in a full-time employment, having other sources of income.
0: And that's okay.
1: Living off your savings. So please don't think yeah. you're a failure. No, and that's please okay. don't give up. Nine out of 10 entrepreneurs, they give up in year one because they've got this misconception that within three months they should be making money. And their relatives think so too. Their relatives are terrified. Like, what are you doing? You're you're not making seven figures, you know, go get a new job. So I want you to know that plan ahead that you're going to have to live for about 12 months off of other income sources because this source, this key source of your business only takes off right away if you already started it as a side hustle while you were employed and already Mm. built up a handful of clients so that you have that consistency. Otherwise. You're going to have to work that for 12 months. That's number one. And number two, most people are overpaying from the get-go. So they set up their businesses and they pay, they overpay for a website that they don't need with the wrong messaging, with the wrong branding, because the web developer told them they would take care of all of that when web developers should never be touching your messaging or your branding. There's a web designer And there's a web developer and somehow these web developers, they lie and they say they can do it all Mm -hmm. when that results in poor branding and very poor messaging. Mm -hmm. That's number one. And they overpay for all these tools and services and coaching programs that are way too advanced for them. So if you're a a day one business owner, you should not be taking a course in digital ads. Right. You should not be doing that. That's for scaling. Spot on. You won't be able to handle the traffic. Those people will come back and you'll be like, wow, I got 30,000 views. My website isn't really, it's half-baked. The messaging mm. isn't good. It's not converting. What did I do wrong? The ad is bad. No, the ad's not bad. People came, they took one look and they left. You did it too early. You yeah. had to first build a strong brand and a strong funnel. And that's why, so that's why I reserve scaling. See, so spend less money, please, in the beginning, <laughs> please, please. Yeah.
0: Man, you've just killed it. I mean, that, that last, I think, I, think I, I wish someone had told me what you just said when I started my business something like 18 months ago, because everything you've said is so spot on, especially for the new business owner. It, it simply takes a lot longer than you think it does. So stay lean and don't spend as much on the front end and it'll make it a lot easier for you. Krista, what can my listeners do right now to engage with you? Man, I'm a huge fan myself. You've you've really done a great job today. What can the listeners do to follow you, engage with you? What do you want them to do?
1: I would love for everyone to come over to LinkedIn and follow me at Krista Molyon on LinkedIn. I have a weekly newsletter that would be interesting for your audience called Take Back Mondays to help people love their careers more uh, that comes out every Monday. And I would also encourage them to go to christamoleone.com and check out my services. I do one-on-one coaching and I do a mastermind that runs three months in four cycles. So depending on where you're at in your business, you might be interested in one of my masterminds. And I am building an online business incubator that will be a membership site. So stay tuned. If you sign up for my mailing list on my website, you'll be informed. You'll be the first to know when I launch that membership site. And that's where all the fun's going to happen. I promise it's going to be amazing. So, <laughs> Well,
0: I will make sure I put uh, the link to your website in the episode description along with your LinkedIn. Krista, thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Of course.
0: And for our listeners, what the heck you waiting on? You got to check out her website. Check out her LinkedIn. I'm a huge fan. She knows her stuff. Gave us a great episode today. And hey, also, if you're a first time listener, you got to click that subscribe button. We're going to keep bringing you some great advice to you wherever you are in your business. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five star review and we'll continue to just keep this thing going. Hey, thanks for checking out the show. We'll catch you later. See ya.